The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hey everyone, I'm Macca19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me this afternoon is Fishing Rick. How are you, mate? Buddy, buddy how you going, mate? Good, buddy, good. A little bit later than usual, but uh, we're finally getting it done. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit sad, actually. Why is that? Well, it's our first non-live one for a while, too. It is. This is very true. Very, so that very mean, true. That means I can fucking swear and it doesn't matter because you'll just delete it out. No, I'd prefer you not to because uh, the less editing, the better. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll behave. All right. But- I'm at, a, uh, I'm at a course today, so we might get the random person walk past or ask me a question or something like that. So, so what the um, hell are you doing? <laughs> and why are you talking about football? But that's all yeah. good. And what it's about you? you? Are you still depressed after last week or you've uh, moved on? Moved on, yeah. I'm not going to see many games live this year, I don't think. So I'm going to have the opportunity to sort of deal with the result before I actually get to watch it, uh, which for me is probably a better thing. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. Right, that's very unlike you. Yeah, usually uh, in the moment I'm pretty emotional, but uh, if, if I know the result beforehand, I can sort of uh, deal with it and then watch it with a more sort of uh, you know, clinical eye, I guess, and uh, see what went wrong without the emotion involved. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. But cool. I guess we'll do a love and hate for this week, mate. Do you have a love and a hate? Um, well... Okay, maybe with uh, Sean Attlee. Um, okay. He seems to be Good doing... place for the kangaroos. Oh, what's his name? Josh? Joe Attlee. Joe Attlee. Josh, yeah, Josh, right. Sean, whatever. Um, you know what I mean. Attlee. There you go. That's why I never use full names. Um, <laughs> Attlee. He, uh, he seems to be making good progress for us. I, uh, yeah, he, he seems to be good inside the, the pack situation, which is what we recruited him for as an inside midfielder, and he seems to be getting a fair bit of ball, and... And, uh, you know, I know people are talking about SPP and, and being quite happy with where he's going. I think he's getting a lot less ball than uh, where sh- what Short is. So um, mm. it's good good for us going forward. Yeah, for sure. 14 touches and a goal. He was pretty impressive. And we'll certainly, uh, I guess, uh, make his point for a round one spot um, a bit more obvious, I think. Uh, he might sneak in. You never know, depending on uh, injuries and all that sort of thing. But... Uh, he hasn't really put a foot wrong yet, which is great. Yeah. What's your love? My love is uh, another rookie, and that's Dan Houston, who was uh, really impressive again down back. And uh, I love his compo- his composure. I love his ability to read the play. And defensively, he looks really strong as well. He's got a great kick on him. I reckon get him in the side and give him a chance. He does have a good kick, doesn't he? And, you know, he just, he just reminds me of Porsche because, you know, I think she's already quoted at this it's already this season. It just shows that halfback flankers are easy to find. But yeah, that's it. he he is a good. He seems like a good player. He had uh, what fifteen touches in round one and uh, went at a hundred percent. And he had fifteen touches this week and went at ninety three percent. So, you know, that's uh, that's certainly what we need is someone that can uh, use the ball effectively. And we we need that coming out of defence, don't we? That seems we to do. be one of that our Achilles heels over the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. What was your hate? Uh, uh, probably just my hate is that I'm concerned that this year is going to be same as last year and the year before. 
Yeah. Um, I I just you know I guess thirteen it's a worry. or fourteen. Yeah, it is a worry because and I try I don't want to be pessimistic, especially so early into the season that hasn't even started yet. But you know, thirteen and fourteen, I guess the preseason sort of gave me a little, little bit of optimism, yeah. and then especially the um, uh, coming into the sixteen season, I was a, a little bit concerned, but. I'm just not seeing anything that's really, as a team collectively, that's setting my world on fire that we're actually making progress. Do you, do you agree? Do you think that's fair I think, to say? I think it is a concern. I mean, we all want to make the finals this year, and uh, if we don't, then jobs will be lost for sure, and uh, there'll be significant changes, you would think. So certainly from a personnel point of view, I think uh, everyone would be looking at making the finals, and you know, we almost seem to lack a little bit of passion out there at the moment. We're just sort of going through the motions. And that might just be because it's the preseason and we're going at sort of, you know, 70%. But, you know, as we've said, we've got a really tough start to the year and we need to be uh, performing from round one. And at this point, um, that round one result's uh, not going to look too good, I don't think. All so, right. Mako, what's your hate? My hate is, uh, at the moment, the trend gave up forward experiment which uh, has not gone at all well. And, you know, with two weeks in, he's taken three marks and uh, had pretty much no effect on either game. Um, and look, if we want him to chop out in the ruck, uh, then he really needs to make his time up forward count because uh, we can't afford to have someone up there that's just absolutely not getting anywhere near the ball. My man, Jackson, I guess um, there's a couple of thoughts here. One is, uh, uh, is he a victim of our, our system and, or lack of system and structure and delivery? And I guess what I'll get you to comment on. And then the other one that I'd probably like you to uh, sort of discuss as well is the concern here where um, we're trying to turn him into like this versatile player, which is actually almost going to force him out of the side. Yeah, look, he's such an underrated defender. Like, I know a lot of people are a bit 50-50 on him, but he does his job every week. He very rarely gets beaten. He's exceptionally strong one-on-one. His, uh, you know, his champion data figures are exceptional for um, his defensive work, and we know how well he went in the ruck uh, last year. And I don't know, he's not a natural forward. He's never really played up there, um, apart from a quarter here or there before. You know, it's it's almost like we're trying to force a square peg into a round hole, sort of thing. And is that because we haven't been willing to make tough decisions on maybe other? Um, starting defenders or players that are around that sort of position. And so, pardon me, we're trying to be nice with too many players. So I'll give you an example. Um, you know, Tom Jones, right? Mm. He's a good he's a good player, but, you know, there isn't room for a Homsch, Jonas, Austin, and Trengo in the... And a Clury, yeah. And a, and a Clury, so They're there's not five. All mm. So instead of making the harsh call and trading a couple of out, we're going to go, yeah, you know, we can just... Keep them all. They're all good blokes. We'll keep them in some capacity. Maybe we'll do this, whereas we, you know, geez, what do you want to do? I'm not sure it's that entirely. I think it's more that, hey, look, we had Trengove, who performed really, really well in the ruck last year and, you know, even probably won us a couple of games with his ruck work. Um, You know, he was just about best on the ground in three or four games. You know, how do we keep that going with Ryder back in the side? Well, let's try and turn him into a, a quasi-forward who can then chop out into the ruck because it's it's not going to work having a key defender who then chops out in the ruck because you need to have a key defender on the bench and that's not going to really work, I don't think. Whereas it's much easier if Trengove learns how to play forward and if he can do that effectively, then, you know, happy days. But at this point in time, he's not doing it effectively and that would also allow us to play another toll in Austin down back. 
Um, but, you know, if, if it's not going to work and Trengove's just going to get two kicks and one mark every week, then, you know, it's, it's going to be an experiment which is over before it's really begun. And is that maybe potentially detrimental to his career at Port Adelaide? I don't think so. I don't think it's detrimental to his career. I just think they'll scrap it and he'll end up back at centre-half back, to be honest. But, you know, they'll work something out if it doesn't work out forward. Okay, so if it's not working, being devil's advocate, if it's not working up forward, um, and I think he's in our top six backman, how would you how would you structure um, our defensive six? If he's back there or if he's not back there? He is back there. He's back there. Well, I would have him at uh, centre-half back, Cleary at full-back, and Homsch as the third toll. What about Logan Austin? Logan Austin would be an uh, apology at this point. Yeah, and you might have this in your notes, but what about um, Hamish Hartlett? Has Houston, Darcy Byrne-Jones, Jasper Pittard, even Matthew Broadbent, uh, are they more integral to our back six than Hamish Hartlett at the moment? I think they're definitely more integral to a back six than uh, Hamish Hartlett because I don't want Hamish Hartlett any, anywhere near back there, to be honest. But um, I think we'll be clutching at straws. I think he's definitely going to be playing down back come round one. Mm, mm. So one of those players is going to miss out or be forced uh, up the field, you would think. Yes, interesting times, but mm. that's a bit off topic, so I won't derail you. <clears throat> that's all right. Uh, let's go on to the review. And look, Port played Richmond in Mount Gambier on Sunday afternoon, and after a pretty decent first quarter, it was Richmond who ended up running away with the game with the dominant second quarter. Uh, they kicked 11 goals 13 to our 7 goals 9. Uh, we had no multiple goal kickers uh, for Port Adelaide. What do we take out of this game, mate? Eh? You know, I guess there's the two schools of thought. There's the one that it's only a trial game, and uh, what does it matter? Um, you know, and I guess for Sydney fans, you can probably rationalise it like that because Sydney's got a fantastic history um, of uh, you know not really firing up until maybe even round two of the the season, and then they sort of start becoming that juggernaut. Yeah. Um, I guess what I take out of it then is, I don't know, I seem to have a more positive correlation with the pre-season where we seem to, we seem to hit the pre-season well and then that can translate into the season proper. And, um, you know, that's just my observation and feeling of, you know, a successful Port Adelaide. And, and so I guess I'm not really seeing anything um, from Port that's different to last year at this point in time. I'm, I'm not convinced the... Uh, the Chad Wingard in the midfield is is right, but however, you know, Chad is a big game player, right? So, mm. is Chad the sort of player that's going to fire up in the preseason? Um, I don't know. Probably not. I wouldn't have thought no. so. But you know, you know, that come round one, he's going to be ready to play, and he'll probably get you twenty and two like he always does. So. Yeah, exact. That's exactly right. So yeah, I'm not so like on an individual basis. If I'm looking at say a Chad Wingard. Um, yeah, oh my God, he's not performing as great in the midfield as what he should. I don't think, for me, that really matters at this point in time because, um, yeah, I don't think he really is fired up. I mean, he still cares about the team performance and everything, I'm sure, but, yeah, it's just not that in his psyche. But I just think collectively there's we seem to be seeing traits from seasons gone by that haven't really been improved. Yeah. No, that's right. Look, our skills were pretty poor once again. I mean, some of that could have to do with the, the very blustery wind because uh, Richmond struggled to hit targets for much of the day as well. And 
you know, the ball was swinging quite uh, dramatically uh, for shots on goal, and it was sort of heading towards one particular pocket um, most of the time. But, you know, I guess the other concern is that a lot of the senior players um, did kind of struggle. You know, we've already spoken about Trengove. Dixon did nothing once again, although he did actually kick a goal, so that was nice. Uh, Homsch was poor. Impey didn't really do much. Pittard got injured. Wingard didn't do much. Uh, Lobey was a disaster. So... You know, there was a lot of senior guys out there that, um, you know, really are struggling at the moment. Yeah. So what happened with Jas- Jasper? Oh, it looks like he's done his um, his hamstring and uh, he'll be out for round one. Oh, well, that's no good. But I guess that solves one of those excess player problems that we were talking about. It does, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, okay. So what else? what else are your observations? Well, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I was pretty happy with how a lot of the young kids went again. Pal Pepper was okay. Houston uh, did his job, as we spoke about. Atley was really impressive. Um, Brett Eddy up forward, uh, kicked a goal, took another few marks, and um, I'm glad he got that goal out the way. And it was a ripper goal. It was uh, from deep in the pocket, um, about 45, 50 out. So that was really good. Uh, Bonner was the one that... Um, was uh, was pretty disappointing on the day. Uh, defensively, he did his job exceptionally well. He kept uh, Rioli to just the three kicks. Um, but with the ball in his hands, uh, he was turning it over just about every time he got it. Right. I mean, going back to Brad, Brad Eddy for a, a second, I guess, and I think some people on the board have um, uh, posted it up as well. But to me, he seems to um, be... The most natural leading for or natural forward in our forward line at this point in time. I think it's because he's being allowed to lead towards the ball a bit, whereas um, you know, as we saw for a lot of last year with Dixon, we're just sort of banging it on his head and hoping that he takes a contested mark, which um, I think we're we're coming to realise isn't going to work uh, with Dixon. Um, but we isn't just it? keep doing the same thing. So, isn't that Dixon's? Isn't that Dixon's responsibility to lead to the ball carrier? Well, it's a bit hard when you're sort of leading and then they sort of bang it as hard as you can. You've got to double back and, you know, then you've got three people on you ready to spoil. But certainly I think it's a bit of both. You know, our delivery inside 50 is atrocious. Um, Dixon could certainly lead more. Um, And when he was leading last year, and he did uh, break free quite a few times last year, he generally dropped the mark. So I think it's, uh, yeah, a bit of both. Uh, They both need to improve, I think. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess with with Bonner, was he maybe set a different um, job role in his performance this week to maybe focus no, more on his defence? So. No, I don't think so. I think he was probably told to concentrate on his defensive work a bit more. But we were still looking towards him to uh, to release the ball quite a bit, and he was just getting caught or was uh, running himself into trouble or just bad kicks. So yeah, I don't think it was a different role. I think it was just um, a poor game on his part. Right. Well, we all have poor performances every now and again, don't we? Yes, that's true. Very true. Except for you, except for you on this radio show, oh, you're mate. always you're you're always perfect. Always it. That's it. <laughs> Look, uh, Jared Pollock was probably my best play. He looked in really good form out there. He got 20 touches and a goal. Um, you know, how crucial is it that he plays consistently good footy uh, this year for Port Adelaide? Oh, mate, he's an amazing player and I mean, we keep going back to his um, his 14 uh, season, and uh, you know, and well, he's just a great mover. Uh, he uses the ball fantastically well, 
Uh, you know, we all knew that when we got him, and I was always excited to get him as a player, and I'm still excited to have him in the, in the side. And I think, you know, even I forgot last year what he was coming back from and, and how that injury has crippled players' careers and ruined careers. So, yeah. um, you know, I think I think a lot of us as supporters probably were very harsh on Jared with uh, yeah. with his comeback, and I think it's reassuring to see what he's actually doing um, this preseason that, um, you know, the whole have a full fit and t- um, firing side, um, you know, because Travis Boak in the midfield, Robbie Gray in the midfield, Chad Wingard running through the midfield, if that's where he ends up playing, Brad Ebert, um, you know, Jared, uh, Matty White on the other wing. Jared should provide us a great option in delivering inside 50. And then hopefully... Um, Dixon can actually lead uh, to the ball carrier and get delivered something on his chest. For sure. Look, if Pollock's going to get 25 touches, uh, we're not going to lose too many games, I don't think, when he gets those sort of figures. So certainly, um, yeah, we're hoping he has a big year. Uh, Dixon and Trengove, I think we've spoken about a little bit, kicked one goal and took three marks between them. You know, I, I, I'm just not sure it's going to work, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Loby was the other big concern. Look, we were we were playing pretty good footy in that first quarter. Uh, we were certainly winning the ruck, and look, Ryder did a really good job in the ruck. He was um, ineffective around the ground, but uh, he certainly uh, led the tap outs. Um, but as soon as uh, Loby went into the ruck in the second quarter, we got absolutely hammered. Like Richmond just walked the ball out of the middle time and time and time again, and that was pretty much the catalyst for their uh, for their victory. So why was that? What what was what was the difference? Loby was losing the ruck, you think, or was it just he his, was losing um... the ruck? He wasn't getting his hands anywhere near the ball, and um, when he was, it wasn't going anywhere near our uh, our players, which we've seen numerous times before. So, you know, Nakovis did a great job um, up there in, in the midfield, and uh, you know he sort of led the way for them in the second quarter. So is it almost at the point in time now where we just have to roll a, a line through Lobie and go, you know what, if we're paying him 500000 a year, oh, so be it, but he just has to hang in the reserves? If he can't beat uh, someone like Toby Nankovic, who's a very talented player, but he's uh, you know, only 20, 21 years old, um, you know, there's, uh, there's warning signs there. And apparently he's had a pretty good pre-season, but on that sort of performance, I don't see it. And look, I'm pretty happy to ride a line through at this point in time and say, uh, you know, come on down, Paddy Ryder and Jackson Trengove and see what you can do. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, I've been, we, I think we've both been critical of his, at least his marking performance and around a ground ability the last couple of years. And even in his prime season, he really wasn't getting a lot of ball either. No, it was just right. that he was hungry at the contest at the stoppage and really was blocking it in and allowing our and spillages allowing our midfielders to get the ball out but I mean he's not even affected effective of doing that anymore so I just can't see a reason for his spot to be held in the team unfortunately I mean I don't like saying that about any player really I mean but it's just the fact it's just the fact of life isn't it I mean it's just a liability keeping a player like that in the side yeah Absolutely. Look, Ollie Wines was really good as well. He had a, a couple of poor disposals to start the game, but um, overall he had a very good game. 24 touches, uh, seven clearances, six score involvements. If you can just hone his kicking a bit more, as we've said before, um, he's going to be just about unstoppable. Do you think it's a bit of a, um, a cop-out, or do you think 
the inside midfielder getting the ball out of congestion is a fair reason for his disposal efficiency maybe not being as good as someone else? When you look at the raw figures of of most inside midfielders, then their disposal efficiency is lower than normal. Uh, and that is because they do have a lot of sort of quick kicks and they do have a lot of sort of, you know, smothered kicks and all that sort of stuff. And um, But when, when actually watching the game, um, you know, it, the problem with Ollie is when he's actually clear and he's missing targets when he's free. And that's that's the problem that he needs to solve and, uh, and hone his skills a bit more that way, as opposed to the sort of quick kicks out of packs, which could go anywhere. You can forgive them because uh, that happens, you know, 50 times a game for both teams. But... Uh, it's the ones where he's you know in the clear and he sort of uh, kicks it into the man on the mark or you know misses the target by five meters, which he needs to solve. He he didn't really. I don't remember having this sort of criticism of him in the first year or two. It's now look, what's look, look, The talk when he came to the club was that he needed to improve his kicking, but it was almost like he was uh, holding back within himself a little bit because he was hitting a lot of targets in those first two years. It's only been really the last 18 months where his kicking sort of gone a bit wayside. Maybe he's uh, taking more risks with his kicking. I'm not too sure, but uh, we need him to hit targets because he does get a lot of the ball. Yeah, we do. He's, look, he's a great ball magnet. He's a great player. He's he's got fantastic physical attributes. He, yeah, he's a massive asset. And some people talk talk of him as a uh, you know the future captain of the club, and yeah, I can sort of see that. So. Yeah, but at the same, a bit like Matt Lobey, but not as extreme. You know, we can't have players with those basic uh, fundamental aspects of the game not being executed properly because we can't expect to be in a final side if that's the case. Cleary down back was very impressive as well. He kept his opponent to just the one touch uh, for the game, provided some decent skills out of the defensive 50 as well. Is this his year to shine and, uh, and make a name for himself now? No, I think so. I'm liking Tom. What is he? Is he 23 now? Or maybe even 24? Yeah, prob- probably is. Uh, what would it be? It would be his fourth or fifth year here. So if he's going to make it, this is the year he's got to really sort of knuckle down and uh, make that full back spot his own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the thing for me is that he's in that height range where he's fighting with most of the players in our side, right? So yep. he, ha- he has to be standout. He has to be hungry. He has to use the ball better. And he has to be doing his job better than the, than the rest. And, and he seems to be doing that for me so far this preseason. And even late last year when he had his opportunities, I thought he did well. And, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago I was saying to you I had concerns about his one-on-one uh, ability at the contest, he, you know, but he's supposed, he's still that endurance beast, I would imagine. I'm sure he hasn't lost that attribute. So, um, yeah, I, well, I guess we, I've mentioned it earlier. I think he could be in there. I think uh, Homch could be in there. I think Jackson should be in there. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not convinced that maybe Jonas should be in there as well uh, yeah. at this point in time. But uh, I guess he's really fighting with Jonas for that spot, as far as I'm concerned. It's going to be interesting to see our round one team because there are still, you know, probably six or seven spots up for grabs. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there's 22 spots up for grabs. To be honest, I mean, all right, look, that's a bit extreme. I mean, you know, Chad's a lock and and um, and Robbie Gray's a lock. But you know, if I was a coach, you know, every year you'd be starting with a blank whiteboard, and then it just comes down to who's performing on the training track and who's performing in the games, and then they earn their spot on merit. Yeah. 
for sure. MP uh, had just the eight touches, kicked a goal, but kicked it to 25%. Um, where is he at in his football this year? I, I, I like Jarman, and I think he's a good player. Um, I just think it's, uh, I think it's something that, um, yeah, he might be one of those players uh, that just is in and out of the side. You know, it's it's a competitive role that he's got with other players, and and look, it doesn't it doesn't concern me if he's not playing every single game of the season because um, we just want form players in, and if he's just not in form at this point in time, well, you don't play him. But you know, he's going to hit a purple patch, and that's when we've got to get him in, and and I'm sure he'll do his job fine. Yeah, I mean, what are you what are your so. thoughts on it? I'm not sure. Like, I was really hoping this would be the season where he, like, like Tom Cleary, sort of knuckles down and becomes the player that we all kind of know that he can be. But you know, he's had two fairly lacklustre uh, uh, opening games of the year. Um, and we, we know about his off-field uh, indiscretion uh, in the pre-season. Um, I'm just wondering if that's playing on his mind or whether you know, losing his father is still playing on his mind. I'm, I'm sure it is to some extent. Uh, but you know, we really need someone like Jarman Impey to, to step up and use that pace and that uh, that evasiveness because, you know, Matty White's not going to be around forever. Um, he seems to constantly be injured. He only played one one quarter last year um, and we haven't seen him yet this year. Uh, so we really need someone like Jarman Impey because that run and carry is uh, crucial to our game plan. Absolutely. And I, I can't disagree with you at all. So, um, but... Yeah, Matty White should be coming back this week. Um, you got Jake Need, who who puts in good cameos every now and again as well. And mm. um, and I guess I'm probably a little bit off topic. You know, I think for me one of the concerns is um, you know, Brennan Archie um, hasn't hasn't really had a sniff of getting a look in of a game. Uh, couldn't get a trade um, worked out. You know, sort of sort of a wasted sort of spot on the list if we're not going to sort of consider him at all. But He's another one, but he doesn't have that pace, I'm aware. But, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's someone else that can maybe look at that forward spot too. So, yeah, I, don't, I think our forward line seems, to, for me, to be our biggest issue at this point in time. The forward line is a, is a worry. Um, we've got Tony's not performing. We've got who's not performing. Westhoff, who rarely performs. And then you've got Eddie, uh, who's a young, well, young in terms of uh, AFL experience. Um, and then a bunch of smalls, and that's it. So, you know, if Dixon or, or Westhoff get injured, then we're going to be pretty paper thin up there, I, I would think. Look, I don't know. I just, I've said it, I don't know how long I've been saying it to you for, but for all of Westhoff's uh, great abilities, I actually think he throws our balance out of the side because yeah. he's, not, he's not a key forward. And so we were always seen to be a key forward short. Now, it was great when we had the king in Treadray, where you only needed one forward because he was yep. that bloody good. But mm. we're not we're not like that anymore. And um, I think I think really Westhoff just needs to play as centre half forward. And if he can't if he can't earn his spot on the side as a centre half forward, well then he's got to go. Too bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, let's have a little chat about uh, this week's game. We play Hawthorne in Norlunga this Sunday for the final match of the JLT preseason series. And we've got four changes to the squad this week. Brad Ebert comes back, Aaron Young comes back, and we see Jake Need and Matt White play their uh, first games for the preseason as well. At this point in time, Wingard and Pittard are out uh, with injury. 
Also, Aidan Johnson's been omitted as well. There's a rumour going around that we're only going to play uh, 22 players as opposed to 24 this week. So we'll probably see another couple of players uh, fall out of that side. But uh, what are you wanting to see this week, mate? Um, well, I'd actually like to see a systemised game plan. Mm. What, you know, what, can you tell me what our game plan is? I think it's coming together. I think our ability to move the ball from the back line up to kind of 60 or 70 metres out has been pretty impressive so far. It's that final kick inside 50 which has struggled and uh, we're still making quite a few errors uh, coming out of uh, the back line as well. Um, but I think what we're seeing this year is a bit more of a diverse um, way in which we're sort of moving the ball. We're not all that predictable so far, which I think is a, is a welcome change. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I guess for me, sorry, you just caught me um, eating something. <laughs> I thought you might have... As usual. Spoken. Yeah, well, I do like my food. Um, yeah, I think for me it's all about that systemization. What What is our game plan? Um, mm. You know, I think last couple of years it's just been really random. So, um, you know, are we going to hug the boundary line or are we going to have uh, a more permanent zone forward and back that sort of rolls with the play? I just want to see what we're trying to do. Uh, to me, it seems a little bit ad hoc at times. And I guess, um, well, I just want to see what Matt Loby, Justin Westhoff and Jackson Trengove are going to provide for their roles. I think they're mm. three key players, really. Yeah. Um, because I guess it is a pre-season, so really what we've got to be looking at is structure and key players and how they fit into the role of the side. They're the most important aspects, I think. Yeah. Look, to be optimistic, and I think Jane has said this on the forum as well, Yeah, we've, we have actually played six pretty good quarters this year so far. It's only been the two bad quarters, the, the first quarter against the Saints and the second quarter against Richmond, where we've been absolutely hammered. For the other six quarters, we've kept the opposition to just 68 points for those quarters. So defensively, I think we're doing an all right job. It's just going to, I think our issue this year is going to be, once we get it up forward, can we create enough scoring opportunities and, and genuine scoring opportunities to win games? Yeah, but mate, we've been saying that for the last couple of years. Mm. You know, most games have been, oh, we've been honourable except for one quarter. You know, oh, that one quarter's let us down. I mean, how, lo- how long are we going to put up with that for? That's oh, true. It is true. Yeah. Because, again, that's a reoccurring pattern of behaviour that, that the team is collectively showing, and which means we're going to be what? But that almost team, once again, oh, we're, we're so good except for that 15 minutes or, or that 25 minutes. Well, that's not good enough. And they're a mature side. They're a mature side that should not be doing that. They should be switched on for the full, full game. Yeah. No, for sure. Look, Hawthorne's bringing over a pretty impressive uh, lineup as well. They've got most of their key players out there. It's going to be good to see um, Jaeger O'Meara and uh, Tom Mitchell and see what they're like in Hawthorne colours. Um, they've got a young kid called Harry Morrison who I'm pretty keen to, to check out as well. Um, but yeah, what I want to see is a, obviously competent bowl use. I want to see a competent entry into the forward 50. And I really want to see Dixon actually leading and taking a few grabs out on the lead as well. Mm. Absolutely. It would be fantastic. Or, if it's going to be bombed, bombed on his head, take a couple of marks. Yeah, well, that would be good. Yeah, To see him have an, an actual impact and give us some hope that it's actually going to work this year would be good. Have we overpaid for Dixon at this point in time? Oh, I think at this point in time, on output, you would have to say yes, but you're always going to overpay for key forwards. And 
Yeah, he, he came off his career best year, and he was growing. The the previous few years at Gold Coast, he kept getting better and better, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's too early to write off, I think, Charlie Dixon. I think um, I think he's still got a good sort of 40 or 50 goals in him this year, and, and that's entirely achievable. Mm-hmm. So how many players in our team would you say are deserving of the salary they're getting paid at this point in time, like the high-end players? Would you say most of them, a small amount of them, 50-50? I would say most of them, I would think. Are deserving of what they're, they're performing to the level for what they're being paid? I think so. I think Boke is. I think um, Ebert probably is. Robbie Gray is. Trengove has been. Wines has. Um, don't know. Outside of that, maybe Homsch as well. Uh, Westhoff you know, just does his job week in, week out, I guess. Um, plus, I don't think he's probably one of our highest earning players. I think, you know, the guys you've got to look at, you know, guys like Hartlett um, and maybe Dixon, obviously Loby as well, Jonas, they're the ones that you probably think, well, they've got to do quite a bit more. So you're the coach. I'm going to say to you right now, coach, what are we what are we going to do now with Hamish Hartlett? What, what, what's Hamish Hartlett's future with Port? Stick him on a forward flank and see how he goes this year on a forward flank. Because mm-hmm. it's not, not going to work bit. down back. We're not going to win. A, as I said last week, we're not going to win a premiership with Hamish Harlett playing on a back flank. We're going to win mm-hmm. a premiership with him playing in the midfield or playing on a forward flank. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather him in the midfield? He's got the mid, he's got a midfielder's body. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, he's very inconsistent. Look, there there must be some reason why he doesn't get the midfield minutes that. He should be getting because he's got a midfielder's body. We know he can play great footy through there, but he doesn't do it often enough. Um, he seems to constantly play everywhere else except for uh, the midfield. Um, so if we're not going to play him in the midfield, and it might be a body issue, it might be shoulders or hamstrings, something like that, um, mm. then I would much prefer to see him play on a forward flank where he can actually boot goals from 50 as opposed to on a back flank where he um, defensively isn't all that great. And he can shank kicks. Would he get burn off on the counter attack though? Would they just run off him? I don't think so. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, well, that, well that's of... no reason to play him down back either. Then, really, because he's just going to get burnt on a leak. So true. I mean, he's a he's a really interesting player because he should be dynamic for us. And yeah, it's well, just he amazing. hasn't delivered. He had that one or two good seasons, and he hasn't delivered since. Correct. Um, which is a shame because he's got all the talent in the world. We know that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's time for Hammer to stand up and uh, be counted this year. Would you Would you be happy if you never heard um, the term five year contract over the next couple of years coming out of Port Adelaide Football Club? Probably. Yeah, that would be fair. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good because it seems uh, the players that we've um, given most of those contracts to haven't performed. Yeah. I've got a bit of emotional scarring from five-year contracts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the old uh, line in the sand comment, I think. It is. Yeah, all spewing. uh, (laughs) Anyway, I think that's enough for today. And uh, look, we'll try and get uh, this podcast done a little bit earlier next week. Yes. And uh, chat about the Hawthorne game. And um, yeah, look forward to uh, seeing the real stuff start in a few weeks' time. Absolutely. We'll, we'll have our routine back in action by then and uh, 
lucky uh, our performance is only judged on pre-season as well at the moment, so uh, it's all That's good. It. And but yeah, maybe we'll we'll get it back up maybe earlier next week. They're going half pace. We're going half pace. So that's all right. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, buddy. Too easy. All right. See you, mate. See you next time. Cheers. Bye. Boys, though, both threatening with every passing minute. Back to full forward. Off hands. Brown needed to trap it. Couldn't quite. Hassled out of it. Port Adelaide getting numbers. Wingo!